Hi, everybody. Welcome to Big Apple Hockey. And if you're watching us right now, the reason why is because Anthony and I are going to select uh, just we're just going to totally nerd out with a lot of uh, fantasy <laughs> hockey predictions and stuff like that right now. I, of course, am the illustrious and uh, guy that can't get his own nameplate upright, Mark Williams. <laughs> and, of course, joining me is the one and only Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Sorry, I missed you boys uh, yesterday in the show, but I'm glad to be here today with you, Mark. Well, glad to have you back and glad to you know, at least have half the band back together. We will get all three of us on again at one point uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, first things first, before we even get started, uh, breaking news today, uh, Rasmus Dahlin signed uh, yeah. with the Sabres, right? Yeah, three, three years, six million per, so he got a good old bridge deal. And uh, Kirill Kaprizov, wow. Um, yeah, five, five years, nine million. They finally settled that, which was, it seemed like that was the most bantied about contract for the last, you know, couple of weeks. Um, you know, I guess Minnesota told Kaprizov, we're not going to back off five years. So if you want to play in the NHL this year, you got to take it. Well, it's where, yeah, Kirill. And Kirill it would have been spelled right if I actually would have done that so uh, <laughs> no mistakes this time around although that's the way i entered the world as a mistake it's probably the way i'm going to leave it so um we're doing our fantasy hockey show right now and uh first things first anthony uh what is your team name that you have um it's i had saucy mitts as my as my <laughs> team last year that's pretty good that's pretty good yeah. I mean, you, you got to look at Saucy. That that name just belongs yeah. in hockey and in hockey circles. Uh, for years, mine was every day I'm haggling. Uh, <laughs> and in the last two seasons, and this one is going to be huge caco. So there you go. Um, Actually, all right. my fantasy football team name is Gritty's Bunch. And the, the, my profile picture on the league is a picture of Gritty. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Uh, fantasy football, I think I've steamed hams in one league. And an inside joke for my for my bartending town uh, people, it was a uh, shoot it in your face. Uh, that's for uh, my friend Chris from Shooters, who we all nickname Shooters. But anyway. Um, okay, so we're going to get started. We're going to talk first about the, uh, the New York area guys. And the first things first, Anthony, is there a... Oh, my mouse wasn't moving. Is there a New York area player that is worth a top five pick? No. Um, okay. I mean, Panarin, Panarin's close. I think in most rankings, he's ranked around seven, you know, eight around there. Um, but, I mean, top five, I think, is pretty what you would think, pretty standard. You got, you know, McDavid, McKinnon, Dreisaitl, Matthews, um, Vasilevsky's in there. Uh, I know he's in six and some. Um, so Panarin's close, but I mean, you you can't put him ahead of any any of those guys. I mean, McKinnon, Drysaddle, McDavid, they're on they're on another level. Obviously, Matthews is a goal scoring machine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it, it's close. Panarin's definitely the closest one to it, but no, I, I would say no area players worth the five, top five pick. And the consensus is even uh, our time at Panarin is probably the only guy I would even think about going into the top five. Um, are you going to say that he's if you if you're betting on him at the top five, 
you're probably betting that he's going to be back to the MVP form from two years ago. He's basically yeah. a point per game. Uh, it could very well happen, but when it comes to fantasy, especially the first round, take the bird in the hand. Don't take the projections. Uh, don't just fall in love with a player yeah. because they're like, oh, wait, this guy's going to go for No, take, mm -hmm. take the guarantees. Because when you whiff on your first round selection, you very much are going to be uh, biting your lip the entire time. Yeah. Uh, we got a comment right there. Yeah. Well, Pandaren, maybe for the top five, but not Fox. But no. we'll get into that. We'll, we'll have plenty of Adam Fox for you in a minute. Um, okay. So going over right away, the other major point producer in this area, Mika Zvanishad. Where do you draft him? Is he still a late? Is he still a second round pick? Could he be a late first round pick? Probably not in a 12 team league. And um, where would you say it's too far to get him? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't think he's a first round pick. Um, you know, second, maybe, maybe a late second round pick. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Fantasy hockey is totally different than, than fantasy football. You know, fantasy football, you have all. You know, you have the elite, what, five or six running backs who go pretty much all in a row, um, you know, and then someone will take the top receiver and that sets off some dominoes. But hockey, it's there's so many good players comparable that you can get in late rounds. Um, there's just so much talent. So Zabenejad, he's a real he's a really good player. But there's there's a lot of players that, you know, I, I think I would pick before him and, and very, you know, defenseman, goaltender. Um, I don't put Zabinajad in that upper elite echelon of players that you think of. Okay, I, well, I got to grab Mika Zabinajad. So, um, you know, so, you know, I, I would say he's definitely not a first round pick, um, but I, I could see him going, you know, anywhere from, you know, second round to as late as maybe the fourth round. Um, Yahoo's got him ranked at number 32. And, uh, it's it's a sharp drop off from what he was last year. We all know this. Yeah. Um, we all know. The question is also which one are you going to get? You're going to get the biggest advantage ad from the be the end of last year or the beginning of last year. That's where the hard part is going to be. Once again, first couple rounds, take the guarantees. Take whatever you can for the guarantees. Um, I'd put him in the third round, early third round. Uh, yeah. You could go late second round if you're afraid you're that if you want him, you're targeting him, and he's not going to be there when you get back. See, because fantasy football is one of those things where we all know grab the running backs, grab the wide receivers, quarterbacks are going to be uh, late in the draft, and you're still going to get the same value. More on that comparison in a little bit, but it's that's that's just where you have to look at and go. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna reach for somebody. Centers, there's always gonna be a productive center that's out there. But the question is, is Mika's manager at elite? We'll find out soon enough. I would I would take him if I was like the last pick of the second round, I, I would think I would consider in there. But if not, he's a third rounder. So all right. Out of the two now premier defensemen in oh hold on, let's just go to a comment that just got in. All right. Uh, fancy. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And fantasy ho hockey is like baseball. That's, you know, that's why a lot of a lot of people, you know, it's not 
even diehard hockey fans maybe necessarily don't do fantasy hockey because you literally have to change your lineup every day, you know. So it's it's a lot more time consuming. Whereas fantasy football, you know, you 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 know <coughs> you pay attention to the waiver wire after you know Sunday and you just your lineup, but it's not as um doesn't require as much time. No, and also because of the point system, you get it all in one day, yeah. possibly three, and you know what your team's gonna be right there and there. All right. Um, so the two premier defensemen now in this division as Dougie Hamilton enters, which one would you draft first? Adam Fox. Not even a, not even a thought towards Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, pretty much Adam Fox. I mean, Dougie Hamilton is, is capable of putting up the points like him. Um, but I'd be concerned on New Jersey plus minus, uh, the Rangers are going to be the better team. Um, so, th- I mean, this is this is pretty easy. Um, Adam Fox. Okay, good, because I'm right there with you. Adam Fox, 100%, that power play is, the, the, especially the first unit, is going to be outstanding. Um, who is the highest New York Islander you'd consider drafting and where? Well, obviously, this has to be Matt, Matt Barzell or um, probably – Probably Semyon Varlamov. Um, you know, as we all know, the Islanders are an elite team. But when it comes to fantasy hockey, being that um, Trotz plays a defensive-minded system, you know, they don't individually put up the eye-popping points. So um, definitely Barzell, though. Um, you know, this is a guy that in his rookie year, you know, scored 85 points. Uh, he, I do, he has, he has the talent level to score that or even more. It's just. The, con- the system constraints him, um, and it's made him all about all better all around player. So with that said, you know skill alone, Barzell's a top you know top ten pick. But when it comes to fantasy hockey wise, I would say maybe I, I haven't really saw where the projections are letting him land. Me personally, I- I'd probably take him maybe in the um, depending on how the draft's going and what people take before me, maybe the fourth or fourth or fifth round. You'd be exactly correct the way Yahoo's got it. Uh, Yahoo's got him at 62 in the 12-team yeah. league. That would put him into the fifth round. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's what I figured. Um, and the other one is Varlamov because, you know, you can make the case, um, you know, after Vasilevsky, Hellebuck, uh, Varlamov's been one of the better goaltenders in National Hockey League statistically. He's put up phenomenal numbers. I know I've, getting, I've gotten frustrated with him a couple of times. Sometimes not in the soft goal, but the fact is he gets the wins and he always has a really good save percentage in GAA. So um, if not Barzell, I would say he'd be the other one, depending on how they want to take a goalie. Oh, actually, and you know something, I hate to do this on air, but I actually forgot one question I wanted to throw in there. And yes, it has to do with Simeon Varlamov. Um, but but uh, Okay, he's gonna get that in there really fast. All right, um, let's go with let's actually go right back to the goaltenders once again. Um, and you mentioned Simeon Verlamov. So who is put these goalies in order and how you would want them drafted? Um, Igor Sisterkin, Alexander Georgiev, Varlamov, Ilya Sorokin, and Mackenzie Blackwood. With probably Mackenzie Blackwood getting the most amount of games out of all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is—I I would say Varlamov is 
is number one. Uh, he's on he's on the better team, and he's very good. Um, number two, um, I you got to go you got to go Igor, um, and then number three, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, just based on he's the starter, um, and you know then Ilya Sorokin uh, fourth. However, that honestly that list could could change you know fairly you know fairly easily. I think. I think any one of maybe outside of Mackenzie Blackwood, um, I think any one of these guys can easily be ranked number one if you were just talking not fantasy, just on talent alone and you know upside. Um, but when it comes to fantasy wise, you, you gotta right now you gotta go with the starting goaltenders first, um, and then from there prioritize okay which is on the better team. So that's why Varlamov, in my opinion, easily is the first. Um, then Igor, based on he's a starter and the Rangers are supposed to be better than New Jersey, I think Igor is going to get more ones than Blackwood. Um, and then obviously Mackenzie Blackwood, as I stated, because he's a starter and then Sorokin. But um, I don't, you're going to have to watch how, how things develop. Um, you know, if you're a guy that takes Varlamov, maybe in the later round, if you want to pick up a third goalie or you want to get Sorokin too, because um, I think this year it's going to be closer to a, a you know a one A one B almost maybe an identical split in games with the potential of Sorokin taking the reins at some point. Um, and if that happens, Sorokin will shoot up from four to you know possibly one or two um, in that regard. But right now, um, that's how I would rank them. And also uh, throwing in there as well, this is an Olympic year, and Simeon Verlamov is poised to go to the Olympics for Russia for team Russia or the Olympic athletes from Russia, whatever they're called right now. And uh, he, he, that might actually get Ilya Sorokin even more games. I would probably stick with the same ratings that you had. I'd go um, uh, Verlamov, Igor, Ilya, uh, sorry, McKenzie, Ilya, and then Alex. Um, Georgiev seems to not do as well with a lot more playing time. So, but you could use him as a spot starter. Um, I mean, hell, Varlamov had seven shutouts last year, mm-hmm. and I yeah. believe four of them were against the New York Rangers. That's, that's immensely, not going to happen again. That's immensely valuable in fantasy hockey, shutouts. Wins, yes. So, yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, the league you play in, do, do, do you guys do head-to-head or do you do uh, rotisserie? Head-to-head. Yeah, because I used to do a rotisserie league for years, and then yeah. we got rid of that, went to head-to-head. I won my league literally in one week because uh, I had Vasilevsky and rookie Jordan Bennington. They had five shutouts in that one week. So, do you, um, do you run your league? No, I don't. All right. Yeah. If you, if you need a if you need another uh, player, I'd, I'd be willing to do another league. I mean, I will let I'll let my friend John know. So, uh, and he runs all things Islanders. He'll probably end up. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, you know, what's funny as much as Phil loves hockey and is a hockey, you know, nut, he doesn't do fantasy hockey for whatever reason. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I, I used to love baseball and fantasy baseball actually was one of the reasons why I ended up not loving baseball as much. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't want Jason Botterell managing my hockey, my, my fantasy hockey team. Never mind that. Let's go with the young players in the around this area. Which one of these guys that we're going to list 
the big ones, uh, the two number ones, Lafreniere and Hughes, Oliver Wallstrom, or someone else is going to have the biggest upside this year. Um, I I lean towards I lean towards Jack Hughes. Um, you think he's going to break out eventually in a big way? Um, you know, he was he's, he's I mean, they're all really talented. Lafreniere. Hughes, um, you know, Wallstrom to a lesser level, but when it comes to pure shooting, Wallstrom might be the, the best of the three. Um, but I, I, I want to say Jack Hughes, uh, you know, I think if the Devils are going to take the next step, he's the guy and he has all the tools. He's fast. He's shifty. Um, you know, it looks like as he's getting older, he's going to mature, probably put on more weight, become stronger. You got, you got to remember these guys are kids when they come in, they're not men yet. Um, and after a couple of years, you start to develop that strength. Um, and then as far as Wallstrom goes, you know, Wallstrom, as we checked before, he scored 12 goals in 44 games, you know. So in a 82-game season, that's like just shy of like a 30-goal pace. So um, I think Wallstrom can easily score 25 goals this year, and that would be phenomenal for the Islanders. Um, and he's going to get power play time. So power play points and fantasy is big. Um, and then Lafreniere, obviously, you know, he's immensely skilled too. You know, I think Gallant's going to utilize him in better ways. Um, you know, so he's going to have the opportunity to, to really blossom the two. So this is really tough, but, um, I'm going to stick with Jack Hughes just because I think he is the most talented of the three. I think the hard part is going to be if, if it is going to be Hughes, uh, he's going to have to, um, do it all. Like he's going to have to, to, to generate the play. Um, I really want to say it's Jack Hughes. Uh, I am going to go with Lafreniere and also because, uh, when you, when you get him, he's around the eight and the ninth or the 10th round. Uh, if you get him too early, it, it, I don't, I don't think I'd go past the eighth round for him. Um, it, it that's if you're being a real homer, but yeah. uh, around the ninth round is where you should maybe target Alexei Lafreniere. And, uh, the word coming out today that he is going to play some right wing yes, yeah, uh, is going to be very interesting. Because does that mean now Chris Kreider doesn't move down? And now he's that play driver that we were talking about, um, about that Pavel Buchnevich was, and he's going to get that right wing time. And I mean, that, that kid could play almost anywhere. Okay, so we look at our teams. We look at the, the late rounds. You're talking like uh, 12 to uh, 16. Who's the guy you would target uh, a late round to be like, this guy's going to surprise you? For a late round? Um... Yeah. I would say um, for the Rangers, uh, I think like Kako could be a, a late round pick. You know, I think a lot of people are betting on him, you know, breaking out offensively, um, you know, because if he doesn't, if he has another just average to below average year offensively, the question is going to start to seep in whether or not, you know, this guy is going to live up to his, you know, his draft status. And if he's going to become an offensive player, uh, look like he got bigger and stronger. So, he could very well happen. So you, a late round pick, you want to get, you want to take a player like that, that you're betting on. Um, that would be my pick uh, for, for the Islanders. Um, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta go with probably Oliver Wallstrom. Um, I think again, Wallstrom has a elite level shot. He's going to get consistent power play time on that, in that OV spot. Um, and he, he might very end up well playing with Barzell on the top line. And if that happens, 
um, I think he has the potential to score even more. Um, the, really, the only question is for the Islanders, who plays at Barzell? It's either going to be Palmieri or Wallstrom, with the other one playing with Parise and Pajot. So um, if Wallstrom lands on the top line of Barzell, I think he, I think he's going to be immensely valuable to you know uh, late-round picks in fantasy hockey just because, he, one, he's playing with an elite playmaker, facilitator, and he's got the shot to finish when Barzell gets him the puck. Um, so those would be the two guys for me. One thing that's difficult about doing this before the preseason starts is we don't know where some guys might end yeah. up on which lines. Uh, that's, that, that could also change some things uh, for next week, but we also want to get this out before the drafts start. Um, we just mentioned, as you just mentioned, Wallstrom, he could be the real surprise. Uh, don't be surprised if Zach Parise is a good sleeper in, in the late rounds. Um, but also... I'm going to look at the, the players that we had over there. Any of the K's on the New York Rangers, Kratzoff or Cop or Kapokako would be the, the ones I would look at. And I'll throw this name out here for the New Jersey Devils because he's going to be in my sleepers probably later on uh, when we do the NHL is Igor Sarangovich. Yeah. Uh, if he's playing with Jack Hughes, I think there's going to be some chemistry there. And I think that that would be definitely somebody I would, I would look to go get. I agree. Yep. So, um, Big Apple guy that you would be targeting? Uh, I would, I mean, so you t- when you say Big Apple guy, you just mean New York player. New York area, the guys that we're talking about. Okay. Um, I, I would say from, from the Islanders, I would, I would use a pick on J.G. Pajot in the late, late rounds because um, he, can, he can score 20 goals. He had... 14 and only 50 something games and he's good in the circles. And as we know, face-offs get you points in fantasy hockey. Um, and I like him. So that, <laughs> that, uh, you know, he brings, he brings everything to the table. I know not all of it is relevant for fantasy hockey, but um, there are some stuff he brings that could make him valuable in certain categories like face-offs plus minus, um, you know, for the Rangers, I, I think you got you got to go with the obvious. I mean, Adam Fox, he's one of the better skating offensive defensemen in the league. He's going to put up the points. Um, you know, he should he should still have a pretty good plus minus there too. Um, but I mean, aside from Panarin, which everyone's going to be targeting, I think Fox is a good choice there. Uh, yeah, I think I'd have to basically ignore a lot of my draft uh, strategy to make sure I got on Adam Fox. Um, now again. That doesn't mean draft him in the first and the second round. No, don't don't, don't do that. <laughs> he should still drop to the third round. Um, because you're gonna get those people that are gonna still want to pick Headman and McCarr ahead of him. So yeah. it's just the way that that that's gonna go. Um, if not them, I mean, by the way, Pajo is a good point because he'll also get you hits and he'll also get you plus minus. Um, and he'll get it for relatively cheap. <laughs> team yeah a little bit of team bias actually you know something uh brody i find in fantasy i try to avoid my teams um i just because i don't want to be rooting against them or unless it's greatly in my interest <laughs> or i end up like i end up taking like uh brett howden thinking he's gonna break out and then he's brett howden <laughs> so <laughs> all right so the big apple area guy that i'm trying to avoid well, for the Rangers, um, I'm going to avoid Chris Kreider. Um, I think he's too much of a mixed bag. You, you don't you don't know what you're going to get from him. 
Um, you know, obviously he has the speed and he can score. Um, but, you know, this is a guy who is not very smart or defensively reliable. So his plus minus might not be all that great. Um, and he just disappears for too many stretches and then he'll be hot and then he disappears again. So for me, he's too inconsistent. Um, for for the Islanders, um, I'm I'm going to say, uh, well, this is Josh Bailey. Okay. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's he's you know he performs well in the playoffs and he's a solid player, but he doesn't do anything spectacular. He's like your prototypical good player, but not fantasy wise. He's not a center, so he won't get any points in the faceoffs. He doesn't throw hits. Um, you know, he doesn't score a lot of goals, maybe around 11 or so. Um, he does get assists. He definitely gets his fair share of assists. But overall, um, he's not a guy that, you know, I would go out of my way to take on my fantasy team. Late rounds is definitely where you make it um, in fantasy drafts. Uh, I was able to get Karel Kaprizov in the 12th round last year. Yikes. Um, that was like people not wanting to do any research. Uh, but you know, Chris Kreider, if you, if it was a rotisserie, yeah, I would take Chris Kreider in a heartbeat. Um, especially in the late rounds. Cause he'll give you hits. He'll give you, um, uh, power play production. He'll put, he'll give you goals, but he's also too streaky. It's where head to head. I would definitely try to avoid him. Um, I'm trying to think of a different guy other than Chris Kreider. Well, Jacob Truba on top of that, <laughs> also, um, don't really, they're they're just not great fantasy guys, Pollock and Pollock. So don't necessarily go for them. I still thought Pollock was going to develop into a top ten fantasy defenseman, and just he he never has taken that jump. And I think it was you that said it last week, or maybe even um, uh, it was Philk. Unless Pollock suddenly just like drinks magic water, it's probably not going to happen. So, um. That would be that would that would just be a sad thing. Okay, so what are your thoughts on the rankings and some of the players that we mentioned for the New York area hockey teams and fantasy wise? This is just fantasy, and after all, as Billy Joel said, sometimes a fantasy is all you need. Throw it down in the comments below, <laughs> and also uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We're going to move on now to going around the league. Yeah, because this is uh, more of the NHL besides just us. Anthony, I'm not sure who to take number one overall. Um, is there is there a player that really jumps out at you that you would take if you had the first pick in the draft? Yeah, I'm 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 really I'm really liking this uh, this kid from from Russia. I believe his name is Sergey Fedorov. I think he's supposed to be pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, Sergey Fedorov. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, there was this other guy uh, uh, from uh, Sweden, I think it was, or maybe even uh, Finland, uh, Rayo Ritzelainen. I thought about taking him number one overall. We're joking, folks. It's obviously McDavid. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so going right, going right to down to business after Connor McDavid. Who is the rest of your top five that you would go with? Um, I would, I go, I go Nathan McKinnon, um, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Austin Matthews, um, on probably, honestly, probably Andre Vasilevsky. Um, and then, I mean, may, I might, you know, I might 
I might go with, I mean, because te technically speaking, then that would be Panarin at six if you're not counting McDavid at one. So maybe, maybe Artemi Panarin. Um, you know, there's one guy you're missing, and I'm going to mention him in a second. Uh, who am I? Well, I, I had him two years ago or three years ago in his MVP season, but Nikita Kucherov had. Oh, yeah. Kucherov. Nikita yeah. Kucherov had more power play points. Then, uh, then more than I think it was five teams had point leaders. Yeah, three and more power play points than teams. So, uh, but that's assuming Tampa Bay can beat Tampa Bay again. Um, that's where the hard part is. I, I the Yahoo rankings. I'm gonna go with theirs first. McDavid, Kucherov, McKinnon, Drysaitel, and then Brad Marchand. Yeah, Mar I I could go. Honestly, McDavid, uh, Kucherov, and then Dreisaitl. Then uh, I'd go McKinnon, and then I'd go Matthews at five. Yeah. Um, and, wow, Miko ranted it all the way up to number seven in the Yahoo draft mm -hmm. rankings. So how about that? Um, but, yeah, because the reason why you forgot is because he didn't play last year, except <laughs> for in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That didn't have any effect on the on the league or anything, did it? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, no. So, um, what's what's a player you could think of that the, his stock just is rising and rising and rising? I think Cal McCarr. Okay. Yeah, I think Cal McCarr um, is really good. I know he's already broken out, I guess you could say, but I, I really think he's going to unleash himself on the rest of the league. Um, you know, that, that Colorado team is a juggernaut offensively uh, and the way he skates and always jumps into the play. Um, he's my, he's my pick for the right now to win the Norris trophy um, and lead all defensemen in points. Uh, I just think he's, he's a, he's an unreal talent on the back end. Um, he's like a galloping horse when he skates and just the way he, the way he stick handles and moves laterally for a defenseman. It's uh it's pretty incredible. Um, I'm going to go Jonathan Huberto. I think this year you're really going to see some a plus production out of him and Alexander Barkov. And um, I think they even might have Sam Reinhart on their, on their other wing. You might see an explosion out of Florida this year. Yeah. That's, that's what, I mean, you're talking about, and there's some good late round value. We're going to go more into that in a minute. Um, but it's just, as far as they go, they, they can be a real a real good team. So uh, I, would, I would go with uh, Huberdeau. I think we got the same guy, both of us, for whose players' stock is falling. Actually, we may not. We'll, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can switch it up for us, just for our viewers. Hey, you go first. I'll go Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel is persona non grata. Jack Eichel would be a first-round first draft pick in this and I don't want any part of him this entire season. Yeah. Uh, if you're telling me I could draft them in the 16th round, I'd still wonder if I'm wasting a roster spot. I mean, that's, that's really hard to argue, but I'll, I'll go Brady Kachuk. Um, doesn't seem like it's particularly close um, with him in Ottawa. And the longer, you know, the longer you miss camp in the beginning of this you know, preseason and, you know, maybe even the beginning of the regular season, it becomes hard for you to catch up 
to everybody else when they're in, you know, midseason form, you're still like in training camp mode. So um, he's a guy that I would I would avoid right now just because you don't know when he's going to when he's going to sign and, you know, how much time he misses. And then when he does sign, you know, how how he's going to be once he gets going. So. If you missed our show last week, Anthony and I discussed RFAs that could potentially miss time. Two weeks ago. It was two weeks. It was last week, wasn't it? Well, this week's show was technically ready. Yeah, I guess it was last week. It was still seven days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we we all said was we kind of had the consensus Kirill Kaprizov was going to miss time. Yeah, yep. It's looking like it's going to be Brady Kachuk. And as far as fantasy owners are concerned, I had William Nylander the year he held out. Don't don't take a guy that holds out. G- generally speaking, it never works out for anyone involved. It doesn't work out for the team. It doesn't work out for the player. It doesn't work out for fantasy owners. So avoid all those guys in holding out. And um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just like that. Uh, by the way, while we're on this, I guess we're going to have to talk about two other guys whose stocks are dropping rapidly: Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. Yeah, if, if they're missing time. That you, you can't touch these guys in the first five rounds. Yeah, it seems like um, I would guess that they signed before Kachuk, but you never know, honestly. It really, it, it's really too up in the air. But um, all, all the stuff I read today was that Jim Benning is, you know, confident that they're going to get signed and it's not going to be a problem going forward. But I guess we're going to have, I guess we're going to have to see. Um, you know, I, I think at this point, Pedersen sees what Kaprizov got um, and. I don't know if Vancouver can afford to pay him nine million and Quinn Hughes eight right now. So they're in a tough spot, but I do think they both get done uh, before Kachuk. Okay. Draft these three Norris trophy finalists in order. McCarr, Hedman, and Fox. Well, you just you know what I talked about McCarr, I what I said about him. So So we know number one is gonna be McCarr. McCarr, Fox, and then Hedman. Um, but you know, any, listen, you could put any of these guys, number one. Um, but I, I go Fox ahead of Hedman just cause Hedman is coming off an uh, injury. I know he's, you know, he, he should be okay, but you know, he's played a lot of hockey the last two years and went back to back cups that, that takes a toll on you physically and mentally. Um, you know, and obviously Adam Fox had a phenomenal year last year. Um, so you really can't go wrong <laughs> with Tom Wilson. Um, you really can't <laughs> go wrong with, um, with either in any order, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident uh, with McCarr Fox Hedman. I mean, uh, I, I got to agree with you. I think this is the year McCarr breaks out, but that he seems to always kind of get a little bit hit by that injury bug. Uh, Adam Fox is always healthy. I think there's going to be a lot of doubters that are going to doubt him and knock him down a little bit. I would actually go, but I put my faith in uh, in in McCarr with that absolutely outstanding offensive team. So I'd probably go McCarr, Fox, and then Hedman in that order. Um, there were times where I've gotten Hedman as early as late as the fourth round. Yeah, and there's there's times where I've gotten him earlier. So it uh, it all depends. Uh, Mark, <laughs> who, who, makes, uh, who makes your team there, Mark? <laughs> Oh, uh, well, first things first, uh, I would say the hottest mm-hmm. hockey player that I know is right here. Wow. Um, 
Actually, I just I just sprung uh, on a brand new stick today. So hopefully there's some magic in that and not, you know, the crap that's been in my sticks in the last couple games. Uh, <laughs> so that's not true. Just the last game. The, the game before that, I had a couple sprung games. Um, five, what are just some rookies you're kind of looking at? <laughs> Hold on. There's All right, go ahead. Malkin. I think Malkin would cap. <laughs> yeah, he's he's as, he's about as hot as Mister Red. Um, yeah, I mean, you could put the bolts in Malkin's neck and immediately call him Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, I think I'm not, I think listen, I'm I'm as you know straight as an arrow, but if Roman Yossi, that he's a he's a very <laughs> handsome man. He would he would captain a a, a hot guy team. Yeah, you know. You know, not not for nothing. Uh, hockey usually has uh, some of the better looking athletes. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't believe me, let me just remind you: Carrie Underwood sings the song for the most watched program in America every single week, yeah. and it's only for about uh, twenty weeks that she does it for that. She married a hockey player. Like Keep that in mind, everybody. Yeah. So, Carrie Underwood's very uh, easy to look at too. Yeah, and also, you know, very talented. We, yeah. we, we can also say that, too. Yeah. It's okay. We don't have to be pigs the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are some of the rookies that you're looking at? Well, you got to go with the first one, obvious, how he performed in the playoffs, Gold Caulfield. Um, you know, I think he I think he's really going to take off. Um, Quinton Byfield, who was my pick for the, for the Calder, um, you got to look at him. Uh, then you got to uh, – <sighs> Um, Vasi Pol- uh, Pol- uh, I'm like pulling a mark right now. Vasilevsky Podoliskin, or po- I can't his weird Russian name. I'm pronouncing it in Vancouver. Okay. Uh, Podzolkin. Um, I think he. I think he can really. I think he can really break out uh, for Vancouver. Um, you know, Nedeljkovic, I believe, still has rookie status um, for Detroit, and he was a Calder finalist as it is last last season. So. Um, you know, look look for him to improve upon a, gr- a great rookie year. Um, then you have, you know, Trevor Zegris in Anaheim, Drysdale. Um, so this year's rookie class, even though it's not going <laughs> to – thanks, Stephen. I appreciate <laughs> um, it. Even though this year's rookie class doesn't have any of the guys drafted um, from this year in the top five playing um, – I think it's going to be a good class, uh, but Caulfield's at the top of the list for me, uh, and Byfield. But again, don't don't be surprised if you know Trevor Zegers, um, you know, can steal Rookie of the Year. Um, he's really talented, um, but those are the main guys that I would keep your eyes on for this coming season. Um, I would say uh, obviously Zegers. Um. And uh, just adding onto your list, uh, the one guy you didn't mention, Moritz Sider, yes. uh, in Detroit. Yes, yes. And a matter of fact, there we go. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be mentioning his name in another minute. My but, problem, uh, my problem with him though is he's going to play in a bad Detroit team. Um, yeah, he's going to get a lot of minutes, but that that concerns me. I, I don't, I don't know if I would take him on my fantasy team. Well, that's where I think um, that's where you can find the, the some of these hidden gems. Uh, four years ago, I think it was, I got I had Thomas Shabbat. And I got him in the 15th round or something ridiculous. 
and might have been the 14th. And he ended up being the the leading defenseman in scoring that year. Yeah, I had the sacrifice on plus minus, but I had other guys that were generating plus minus. Yeah. Although just for full disclosure, I had uh, eight picks in the top five rounds that year. <laughs> so uh, it was kind of a little bit easier to draft the yeah. bottom five when you have your some of those really high ones. That's what happens when you play Dynasty Leagues. You may make a lot of trades. <laughs> After that, my friends were like, nope, never again. We're not doing that. All right. Um, going from strategy, though, other than Vasilevsky, how long do you usually hold out before you get a goalie? Because as I was mentioning with uh, with quarterbacks, usually in NFL, in NFL fantasy drafts, usually you go in maybe Pat Mahomes, maybe uh, Russell Wilson. There's like a handful of guys you would take before the third round. I got I got Kyler Murray in the in the third round. Oh, nice. Okay, good. And he's been a beast. Yeah. So far. But how long do you usually hold out before you start drafting your goalies? Again, I, I think a lot of it depends on the trend. You know, all it takes is one guy to to take a goalie, and then some others start to follow because you panic. You be like, oh, I don't want to get shut out with the, without getting an elite goalie, and it happens in fantasy football. Um, so I would I would try to to hold out. You know, until obviously Vasilevsky is an exception. He's like a top five pick. Um, but after Vasilevsky, I would maybe try to go to the 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 fourth round, maybe mm -hmm. before I take a goalie. You just gave me a bad flashback, hence the eye roll that I had right there. Because <laughs> it was just because it always happens in every single draft. Somebody reaches too too high, too fast. I think Igor Sisterkin went in the fifth round last year. And I'm going, oh. Oh, that's, yeah. that's too high. And then immediately guys are flying off the board. Yeah. And then it affects your draft plans. Hey, quick question for you, Anthony. What's a goal you don't think I I I absolutely do not want on my team? <laughs> Tristan Jari. Well, actually, you know what? Now it's Tristan Jari. <laughs> but uh, last year, Carey Price. I took him in the fifth round. Oh. Holy crap. Was that a <laughs> terrible pick? So he, had, he had one of the worst seasons of his career. So yeah. I, I have extra reason to just fuel this fire and I just oh, carry. And um, checking in on some of the comments. Yes, by the way, some of the some, uh, following prospects are very useful. And uh, uh, yeah, Detroit's got a lot of them that are all coming up. Uh, now, just really quick on this one. Uh, okay. Well, I thought you were talking about Lung, Henrik Lundqvist back 15 years ago. But uh, I, it's possible that Lundqvist could take a run at it, but he's going to have to get number one power play time in order to do it. Not many guys do that without um, getting the power play time. New hook, Cider, Lundqvist, Zegers, and Caulfield, all from our friend Statboy Steven. Uh which I'm told now he, he has to start charging for a podcast appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still don't understand what that person was saying. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you. You gotta, you gotta hold out because after the fifth round, most of your goalies are all the same. Yeah. And you can get guys that fall a little bit more. I think in my draft that I had over here, I, I reached and I took Robin letter in the third round yeah. that worked out for me well last year. <laughs> so uh, if, if you, again, take the guarantees, don't, don't reach for no reason. Um, are there any teams, divisions, conference, or however you want to say, 
that you're you're looking at those guys and go, I don't want any part of the anybody on those on those teams. Um, divisions, no teams. Um, I mean, Arizona's. I don't really think they have a great fantasy player. I mean, Phil Kessel and Clay. Well, actually, you know, Jacob Chickren, I, I would I would take. I think he's a, actually a really good defenseman. Um, again, it's, it's plus minus being that he's on a bad team that that could be concerning. Um, but yeah, I would I would try to stay away from from Arizona, uh, Buffalo. Those are those are the two, and, and Detroit to an extent as well. Um, but other than that, I, I really I don't really care what division a team plays in. Um, but so uh yeah because you know what we're not gonna have the the no defense canadian division this year yeah that's the reason why the words or divisions that you'd ever want to go with i although i do have to say if i'm drafting people i might target guys in the west in um say uh edmonton vancouver uh not Seattle. Seattle's going to have trouble scoring goals. A Vegas, especially mm-hmm. like Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, because they're going to be playing against some bottom feeders. They're going to be play- playing against the Tampa, uh, uh, almost at Tampa Bay. Jeez, they're going to be playing against um, the Anaheim Ducks, who are tanking. Yeah, they're going to be playing against the LA Kings, who are rebuilding. They're going to play against the San Jose Sharks, who don't know that they're tanking. Um, and I mean, Seattle might be decent, but I really don't know where their goal scoring is going to come from. And then you also got uh, the Canucks, whose defense is we've already outlined that they've got their issues. And mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, Travis Green might be on the chopping block in midseason, so they could be struggling too. And then, of course, there's the Edmonton Oilers, who are trusting their goaltending to uh, uh, Mike Smith, uh, Koskinen and a 42-year-old uh, Mike Smith. Mike Smith, one year younger than me. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the decision to go back with that tandem. I really, I really yeah. don't. It's uh, well, you know, Ken Holland's got a, got a oiler's got oil. Am I right? That's, right. That's, that's where we're right, right, right like that. Uh, a player that could bring you some the most value. You think? Hmm. Most value. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess. Maybe he's getting older, but maybe Patrice Bergeron. Because okay. he's gonna get he's gonna get you shorthanded goals. Um, he's gonna get you points in the faceoff circle. Um, he's gonna get you goals and points. I'll get you power play points. Um, so I mean that's because you could say McDavid, but you know obviously he's the best player in the league. But when it comes to you know you know faceoffs and hits and all that type shorthanded points, all that stuff. Um, there are better option. What other better option is there? Bergeron who, who's not an elite scorer, but you know, he's a guy that could get you 60 to 60 to maybe 70 points. Um, and like I said, bring, bring it in the face off circle, the plus minus shorthanded points and all that. Uh, I got to just look him up right here just to see where he's at, because I could see him going, incredibly well Patrice Bergeron down at, at number 46. Do you know his, his line mates are ranked number five by Yahoo mm-hmm. and number nine. Yeah. That's a lot. 
a lot of value you can get with a guy that's going to be drafted that low. And the funny thing is I could see him even going down even lower. Um, I think there, I think there might be value in say a Ryan Strom late in the draft. uh, If he's still getting number one power play time, Mm-hmm. And uh, you might be able to get value out of you, you got to be able to get value out of Kako, a couple Kako right now. Um, I think there's going to be lots of value out of Moritz Sider. As long as people don't reach for him, yeah. he, he's going to be a, a hell of a player. You're going to get a lot of guys out of Detroit. Tyler Bertuzzi, although we have breaking news on him. Yes. He is not vaccinated and will not play in Canada whatsoever. So that's he, that means he's missing at least we said it before 10 games. Yeah, first I calculated it wrong because obviously they do home. So, you know, they're going to play Toronto, Montreal, um, and Ottawa twice in Canada. So that's six games right there. And then mm-hmm. against the Western Conference Canadian team. So, yeah, that's about that's about 10. Yeah, well, you got Winnipeg, Calgary, um, uh, Vancouver, and Edmonton. So there you go. Um but by the way, I'm going to go right back to this. What's one player that most people are going to reach too far for? Uh, I think it's going to be Igor Sisterkin again. I think everybody's going to think this guy is going to break out. There's a lot of uh, fantasy pundits that are trying to say that he's that he's this is the year he's going to do it. And the one thing Ranger fans have kind of seen so far is that Igor's had trouble being healthy. Granted, one year was a car crash. You can't really go with that. And the other one is his groin that happened last year, but yeah, he's got yeah, yeah, he's got a he's got a great save percentage. His save percentage just in the, the month of February, which translates uh, probably to December or mid January this year, mm-hmm. um, is oh is usually around nine thirty or something like that. It's something ridiculous. Uh, I saw goalie rankings the other day, and I. I... I, I couldn't remember. I know Sorokin was ranked eighth, and I'm pretty sure Shosturkin was two ahead of him. I think he was six, and then Varlamov, and then Varlamov was ahead of Shosturkin. I think in the top three or so, if I remember correctly. Um, Preseason, yeah. I think that's too high to put Sorokin. He was eight. The way I saw, he was listed at eight. Yeah, uh, that's too high to put Sorokin. I think in the preseason. We'll see. We'll, we'll check in with me in January about that. Uh, so, who do you think a guy's going to reach for? Um, I think a lot of well, listen. A lot of Ranger fans love Adam Fox, and and rightfully so. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, Oilers got oil. He's 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 fantastic. Um, but I think some Ranger fans might take him hot, real high, just because they like him so much. And nothing wrong with it, but. I think that's going to happen with a lot of Ranger fans. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, we're going to get those, those guys that you just, you look at and go, Oh, what are you, what are you doing? And as soon as, as <laughs> soon as somebody starts every, uh, so I guess, let me, let me type this up as a question for you. Um, Okay, here we go. What fantasy draft trend do you just despise? Like every time it happens, you're just you're just rolling your eyes as soon as it happens. Like just me, just now, I just dropped my pen. But uh, so I roll my eyes about it. Usually the goalie rush. 
is is the one thing I can't stand. And then the sleeper rush is I, the next one. I I think yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um I hate the trend of, of trying to essentially be the smartest guy in the room, like overthink it. Um not my fantasy league, but my my brother in law's um said that someone took Saquon first. And it's like, <laughs> what are you like what are you what are you trying to do? Like again, you're trying to get too cute, you're trying to think like, oh, you know, like I said, you're the smartest guy in the room. Oh, you think oh, he's healthy now, he's gonna be the best and it's just no. Some sometimes just don't overthink it. If you have the number one pick, just take Connor McDavid. Don't take you know, d- don't take Nathan McKinnon because you know you think he's just gonna you know bust out. Like just 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 play just play it safe. Right. Like hockey in general doesn't exactly go with the um the same uh, like weird rankings. Like their rankings have been usually pretty fair. Uh, I remember in baseball for uh, a better part of five, six years, every single ranking always had Hanley Ramirez being the number one ranked player. Yeah. And I always rolled my eyes. I went, I'm taking Albert Pools. They're like, well, what do you mean? Uh, Hanley Ramirez. I'm like, I've had Hanley Ramirez. He's not as good as what people are projecting. And it's, again, they're, they're, they're a lot more fair about where the rankings are. Um. Well, how many other how many other seasons with the ranking uh, picking the Norris winner that's be a not, mistake? That's not what I said. I said I think the fans are gonna just take him too high just because they like him so much because they're they're thinking with their with their heart. You know, their favorite team. They're not necessarily you know. And again, and again, I was saying he's gonna drop to the third round, or at least he should. Yeah. You're gonna draft Sidney Crosby ahead of Adam Fox. Yeah, you got um. Him. There's, there's no, uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's a lot of those guys that are going to go ahead of him. A matter of fact, just looking down right here, uh, gee, how low do they rank him on on this Yahoo one? Um, what does the fox say? Somebody actually played. They rank him at seventy three. Holy crap! Really, Yahoo? <laughs> I understand fantasy is different than reality, but yeah, seventy-three—that's—that's that's the thing about it. Like, as good as he is, there's there's so many forwards who are gonna get you a lot more points and overall more overall value to your fantasy team. That that's is that is correct. But Yahoo's got Dougie Hamilton at thirty-three, Victor Hedman at forty, Kale McCarr at forty-three, Darnell Nurse, Roman Yossi, and then Adam Fox. I don't know about Darnell Nurse having 17 goals again. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't bank on Nurse getting 17 goals again yeah. either. Jacob Chikrin's uh, down at 125. And the thing I'll tell you about that is his, um, his, uh, his shooting percentage is going to go down, but I think his shots are going to go up. Yeah. That's why I think that's, that's why he, I think he's going to yeah. be just fine. But I, I mean, like- other than the fact that he plays for Arizona. Um, and Sometimes, I actually, but that's where you could get a guy that's just yeah. really good on a bad team. Speaking of Arizona, I love that they brought back the uh, white Kashina jersey. They, they went yeah. back to the logo um, permanently. That's a beautiful <laughs> that's a beautiful jersey. Ariana, you're right about that. But, I mean, he hands McDavid the – he gives a drop pass to McDavid. He goes coast to yeah. coast. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, if you want to look at a guy that's going to give you some good value, going back to the other one, Neil Pionk at 120. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll climb a little bit in that as well. I mean, hell, you got you get good defensemen that they're not even meant that aren't even mentioning yet. Um, but yeah, their, their rankings are, uh, as to say in Yiddish, a little fakakta. So, um, <laughs> all right. If I mispronounced it, which I probably did, let's be honest. I'm, I'm actually pretty decent with pronouncing it, pronoun- pronunciation. <laughs> um, Hey, how's it going poppy? Um, but I mean, it's, it's when you see, when you start seeing that trend, how do you not resist? All right, I gotta go get my goalie now. Yeah, and or I gotta get this this guy that I, I was like, if I got more at cider, I'm expecting him in the twelfth round, and then somebody reaches <laughs> up and gets him at eight, or they start picking uh Quentin Byfield around then. You go, no, oh, no. All right, um, that actually does conclude our uh, hockey preview uh, for the fantasy, um. Of course, uh, the one thing I do want to address one thing before we sign off. We're actually not going to do much Q and A. Uh, the only fantasy I ha- uh, oh wait hold on this is Stevens. The only fantasy where I pick up Nurse is the one where I'm not to talk about it publicly. <laughs> <laughs> we can do yes, that the missus would definitely have a problem with that. Um, but again, and Ariana, 100 right. But we are going to we are going to take this one. So. Phil put this in, in our group chat earlier. Galant says at his presser, we'll have a uh, captain by game one. What's your thoughts? Um, it's Well, similar to what happened with the Islanders and, you know, Barry Trotz, you know, he named Lee captain the night of the opener. And um, so we kind of could speculate. Galant wanted to go in there, read the room, you know, see who he would think of after doing evaluations. Um, who would be captain material if he thought there was anybody. Um, and clearly, you know, so far already, he feels as though he's has that decision that there is a captain that he's comfortable slapping the C on his chest. So um, who I think it's going to be. Um, well, one, I can tell you, it's not going to be a Panarin, you know, as he's Panarin has basically said that he's not interested in it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go Adam Fox or, or Jacob Truba. Those are my two picks. I'm going to go either Chris Kreider or. Yeah. Okay. Adam Fox. Cause he's going to sign long-term. They might want to go that route. Um, Cause Tampa Bay did it all right. Where it was, it was a cobble. Then they bought him out. Then they made it St. Louis. Then they traded him. Then they did. Uh, then they just made it uh, Steven Stamkos. So you got to eventually where it was going to be, but then it was it still took some time to get there. Um, as again, as our as our friend Steven has said, a lot of prospects talk about that the first player that um, uh, okay that that is that's a good one too. Yeah, he said a lot of prospects and Steven, get, make sure you get that uh, get your quote right. A lot of prospects have said the first phone call that they've gotten after that they've been drafted by the New York Rangers usually has been Chris Kreider or that they've all talked to Chris Kreider or it's everyone that he's interviewed. So I saw that on Wardy NHL Rangers review. Check them out as always. Um, It's just so I I think they're going to want Chris Kreider and his leadership. And 
he, you're talking about a guy that's got eight years. He's been playing since uh, 2012. So nine years of experience. And also a guy that was embattled with a head coach too. I mean, it's on. No, hold on. Well, first, let me get let me get Stevens quote right. Their first phone call they were uh, from Chris Kreider. He's the one that invites him to practice during the offseason. Okay, so thank you. That's why I want to make sure you get I got your quote right. The one the one thing about Chris Kreider, and that's all good. You know, first one off the ice, last one off, calling prospects. But you know, Phil will tell you this because he agrees with it. Kreider, Kreider doesn't have the highest hockey hockey IQ. And he, there are times where he looks like he's just – he's not even playing. You know, like he's just – sometimes he's just very – he's becomes a ghost and he doesn't do anything for a while. And the, so th is, th is that really the – is that really the type of, you know, the type of captain that you, you know, that you want for your team? Like, for instance, you know, Patrice Bergeron works his tail off every, sec every second. You know, there's no – there's no doubt about that guy's – effort and leadership so do you want that type of guy who has that type of uh, yeah i guess you want to call him traits in his game to be the captain of your team regardless if he's you know good with your you know good off the ice with the kids and whatnot i think the problem is in his game and uh if you don't play with the puck enough that you the puck's got to find you and mm -hmm. What happens there is then you get the people that say he looks uninterested, as Sean just said. Yeah. Or um, he it's it's not going to really work. But you know what? He's a guy that's communicating. He's a guy that um, is working is working hard in practice, and that's what you want. I mean, you'd love it if everybody, the best player, was the best cat was the captain of your team. And I think that somebody said. Or Chris Drury actually said it. The only, the one thing that makes you a better captain is your play. Um, and sometimes if you got a guy that's that's out of there, that's a different story. By the way, I just want to bring up uh, Killjoy. The oh, first off, welcome to the show. Secondly, um, they yeah they made the Stanley Cup Final twenty fourteen. What he was talking about with uh, the uh, some guys, the sea gets a little bit heavy. And Brian Leach was a good player, but he wasn't a great captain. That's what he's trying to say with that. Um, but, uh, Brendan Crowley, Chris Kreider's, uh, Brendan Crowley first, uh, Chris Kreider's dedication to the game is Yager-esque, uh, and I am not even going to try to, whatever, Austin, there you go. Uh, Chris Kreider always spends time with new guys during training camp. And you know what? Those are all things that, um, that go into a player being a captain and it's just, I, I've been on teams where my best player wasn't the captain. I mean, of course, guys that can bring guys together. That's that's what matters. And, so. that's, and that's not a debate. I think for the Panthers, uh, before Barkoff and stuff got to see, for a little while, their captain was, I think, Sean McKenzie. So it's like, it, 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 you're, of course, your best player does not have to be your captain. That has nothing to do with it. My thing with Kreider is, is just the inconsistency in his game. And as Sean said, there are times where, he just looks uninterested, and he's not a and he's not a factor. Um, that that has nothing to do with working hard. Yeah, obviously, a player who works really hard um, can be your captain. That that's not the issue with Kreider. My issue with Kreider is just his his inconsistency and how sometimes he just looks like he's not he's not involved in the game. 
like Steven's posting these comments about I'm not debating any of that with Crowder. Crowder's obviously he's great with the kids and stuff. That's 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 yeah, that's a fact. But that doesn't change that when he's on the ice playing, he disappears for stretches and doesn't look engaged sometimes. I don't know if that's the best choice for a cap. That's just that's just my opinion. Um I'll go with I'll go with right now using this example from my current team. Uh, I played because I've been playing on the same men's league team basically the last eight, nine years. And uh, our current captain became captain. I only think about like three or four years ago, but it's, uh, it's my friend Dave Miller. And Dave's, Dave's not the best player on the team. He'll tell you that right away. Uh, he'll often bench himself in favor of other players. And he'll organize everything off the ice. And if need be, he'll, he'll get in your face. But he, and he'll hold guys accountable. Um, it, 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 that's the thing. You want accountability and a guy that's going to hold guys accountable. If we end up getting it, and that's why you get guys like our, our setups where it was um, Wayne Gretzky was able to be the quiet statesman to, to uh, lead by example, to do all this other stuff. And Mark Messier was the guy to get in everyone's face. And, and that was a very, that worked great for them. They didn't have to do anything else. So, uh, <laughs> wait, Dave buys the beer. What? Uh, this why? Yeah, I say, I say Truba. Um, you know, and Truba's I, not a bad decision I, either. I think, I think Truba is not the same player he was in Winnipeg so far. But at least with him, I think the the effort is there, and the battle level is there. Um, so, but. Again, going back to what I was saying before about the Chris Kreider experience is there's two Rangers on this team right now that are going to be key players for this team if they're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And they need to hear his advice on dealing with a coach that wanted something different from them. Like him and John Dordarella didn't see eye to eye and he probably wasn't ready if you want to really look back at it. But Chris Kreider yeah. could probably tell you that. I mean, this guy had six goals in 2012 playoffs and then had uh, three in the 2013 season and then kind of had – and he had probably the biggest goal of the 2013 season, keeping him alive against the Bruins. I mean, granted, it was one more game and then that was it. They were out. But it was – Tortorella always talked about trying to make Chris Kreider go through the process. And there's definitely points that he had to make. So a guy like Vitaly Kratsov, who felt like he was being jerked around – and then sent back to uh, sent back to Russia and uh, thrown on the fourth line with Brett Howden, not really getting any playing time. Hell, even his, the happiest moment of his career was his first NHL goal, and it got disallowed. So <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things that that you can impart that wisdom to those guys, or even a guy that was embattled with a head coach the way Kapukako and David Quinn were, and. Um, well, like so who who do you think's the who do you think's the best the best captain in the NHL? Crosby or Taves? Yeah, I was gonna say Captain Serious. Yeah, I mean Jonathan Taves. For a while, the argument was going to be Jonathan Taves was uh, Sidney Crosby. Sorry, Jonathan Taves was Tom Brady and uh, Sidney Crosby was Peyton Manning. That all he was just doing everything that was said 
uh, and, and getting every and just winning cups. That's what Taves was doing. And in the meantime, Crosby was putting up these gaudy numbers and not getting anything from it. And then kind of just like uh, Peyton Manning, he got two Super Bowls and well, now is three Stanley Cups for Crosby. Two in two years. I still think one of those consmites could have gone to Phil Kessel, but that's yeah. a different story. I mean, Crosby has had a, had a great series. Um, you know, the leaders will be in five to 10 years. Lafreniere, Lundquist, and Barron, three guys who captain their national teams at different age levels. And a matter of fact, Stephen brought this up with us and also on uh, their channel. So, uh, oh, sorry, Anthony, click it. Stone. There we go. That's a good, that's, that's a uh, another good one. Yeah. Even though he's only been a captain for one year. And yeah, Vegas is only had a captain for one year. Bergeron. Bergeron's a good choice. Yep. Char is a good choice. I wonder where he went, Anthony. <laughs> I believe I believe he went to a New York team. Oh, okay. All right. So great. He's a Ranger. Oh, wait. No. That's right. <laughs> um hey. yeah. So uh, but we are going to leave you guys on that because uh, we're going for a short show today. We're just trying to focus on the fantasy. Uh, after all, this is going to help out the uh, bar talk show that I just put up at three o'clock. Awesome. Uh, but uh, so you guys got any other actually, do you ha anybody have any fantasy questions? I, I would say Patrick Kane is a guy that to even though he's getting older, he's a guy that could be very very useful if you get him. I mean, he's a year year removed from him, 84 points. Uh, I think yeah. he had 60, I think he had 60 something last year. Um, he had one games. He had 66 points last season and that was with an basically an all scrub team. Yeah. He didn't have Jonathan Taves. He didn't have any any big name guys. Kirby Doc was hurt. Yeah. Um so yeah, he. I think he's still playing an elite level. Um, you know, I would. I would think he's easily a second round, a second round pick. Uh, I gotta ask this question, because after him, they got Darcy Kemper at twenty. And oh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot about this. For one of the guys, I would definitely avoid in a fantasy draft, Evander Kane at twenty one. I want no part of Evander Kane this season. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hold, you said Kemper is right behind Patty Kane. Yeah, actually, Kemper is in a Kane sandwich, according to Yahoo. All right. <laughs> it goes Patrick Kane at nineteen, Evander Kane at twenty-one. They're supposed to make a decision on Evander Kane, whether or not what the ruling was. If they found he, if he bet on hockey, and I know Linda Cohn did an interview with him a couple of days ago, and he said that he believes he's going to be cleared um, of all that, and he'll be ready to go. For his sake, I really, really hope he comes up uh, exonerated. Other than that, uh, uh, then you know what? That I am gonna leave him back in there. Whoop! Nope. For some reason, it put him undo changes. <laughs> <laughs> it put him back at number one in my free draft rankings. So I'm like, nope. <laughs> no. Not putting him in her game first. Um, but yeah, I would definitely avoid him. Jack Eichel. 
I'm t- I, I, you know, we talked about this like last night, but I, I don't, I don't see Jack Eichel being a factor for anybody this year. He hasn't, he nope. hasn't had a surgery yet, either one. And at this point, you got to wonder if he's even gonna, if he's even gonna play. I mean, think about it. I don't think Jack Eichel's in the NHL next year. That's what I think. Well, he may, <laughs> he, may he may not be. I mean, like he said, he hasn't he hasn't had surgery. Um, he's at this point, the playing for the Olympics is probably not going to happen. And if he's not going to be healthy until you know February, I could see him just not playing because what you got to come back and play, you know, March, April. Um, and then a little bit of May for a team in Buffalo where you don't want to be there. But then again, honestly, him playing might behoove him because if he wants to get out of there, he probably is going to have to prove to teams that are interested that he could still play after he comes back. But that's after surgery, correct? Yeah. Because that's the other question. If, he deci- if they decided to – this course of action of time, trying to heal it and – if he doesn't have the, if they're waiting on the other team to, to make the, to do the surgery, but the, uh, it's, it makes my head spin. It honestly does. Um, he should be reporting. Elliot Freeman said what he thinks is going to happen. He's going to report to camp, fail the physical, um, and then Buffalo could potentially strip him of the C. Which but- is something that Steven alluded to right here. And, uh, by the way, I can't wait for November and Thanksgiving, man. Um, it's it's gonna be it, it's it's gonna be interesting. The, that I'd yeah. be surprised that mutual ter- that that would be a disaster for Buffalo because you just lost him for nothing. I, I I'd be very I would be very surprised if if that happened. I, and I, by I, the way, the NH I don't think the NHLPA will go for that. They yeah, want him to get that money. I don't think I don't think they would go for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not a good situation at all. Um, and it is very possible he's not traded until the summertime. But I think in order for him to for teams really take a shot at him, they're going to want to see him play before they trade for him. I mean, Mark, would you would you if you were general manager, would you would you trade, you know, even, you know, kind of like average prospects for a guy that, that just came off neck surgery and hasn't played in a while? No. No, because and especially when I got to pay ten million dollars to. I wouldn't. So you're telling me you got to draft, you got to throw at least two to three prospects, an NHL ready play, an NHL player already, and one or two draft picks. And yeah, and and that's the funny thing too. I, I again, uh, we're gonna go back to Stephen's comments right here. It's up to the player in that case, and Eichel would be. Uh, would lose outstanding money because sign elsewhere. But the other thing is, there's no way a team trades him without some salary attention now, and that's a hundred percent right. Yeah, because yeah. this, this, this is the type of trade that's an off-season trade. It's not it's not prototypically an in-season move. So that's- too many moving parts. And Kevin yeah. Adams screwed this up. I can't say that enough. And if people want to get on me, they're like Buffalo Saber fans. They've, there's some guys that have gone on to uh, specifically say it's me. <laughs> they've actually mentioned me by name and also yeah. dislike the video and dislike my comment when I, re- when I replied, but again, Kevin Adams should have, you could have gotten the most amount for him before the draft. 
You could have gotten um, at least draft, if not dra get draft picks this year, get draft picks next year. So then you got picks before the draft. You got picks. Um, uh, uh, you got players coming in next year. Like I, I mentioned three Rangers prospects they could throw in there. And you might want to say they're garbage, as some fans have said. But if you throw in a Matthew Robinson, a Laurie Payunemi, and um, and then we could talk about maybe one other prospect, not just Ryan Strom to make the money right. There were so many other ways to do that. But now, if you get if you get Eichel, you lose him for two months. What's the point? And then he he wants to play in the Olympics. So let's say he comes back, gets a surgery tomorrow, comes back in late December. He's looking 100%, goes to the Olympics, gets hurt there. Then what's the point? You just so, lost him again. Here, here's my thing. Let's let's play devil's advocate here for Mark. Because I agree with you. Kevin Adams. Kevin Adams was has been a disaster through this. But let's pretend for a moment Jack, Jack Eichel is this neck, this neck injury um, doesn't exist. Okay. He's totally yes. healthy. You're giving up an arm and a leg for him, correct? Hands down. So Kevin Adams doesn't want to doesn't want to trade for what he views lesser lesser packages when Eichel's hurt right now, you know, because he's losing his franchise player for a lot less than he would normally get him if he was healthy. So in, in his eyes, why not trade him when his value is at the highest point again, which would be if he has a surgery, comes back, plays, and is healthy. I mean, because if you if you if you were Kevin Adams, would you trade Jack Eichel for a prospect like Matthew Robertson? I mean, be honest. No, I, no, and of course, of course not. But again, if so, this was a healthy player, but here's the other thing: who's who's the competition? Who's the competition? It's sort of like you're you're going home at the end of at the end of the night at a bar. You're trying to pick up whatever girls remaining, and there's only one girl left. It's either that or bust. Yeah, and, and I know people have made that comparison too. And I'm and again, I'm I'm not I'm not a douchebag, but it's just it's it's just there's no other chance. There's no other suitors, and I'm not even sure if the Rangers are a suitor. Like like they've moved on well, all Elliot, teams have moved on my team is on the floor uh from hoosiers is is what i'll say it's just no elliot and, said last night that at one point there were 15 teams interested in eichel so maybe there was a lot more competition for him than we had thought i mean i don't know how many of them are serious but he said 15 teams were were interested in jack eichel i think i said this to filk the way that I always budget my my rent is I get my rent out of the way as fast as possible. Um, I, I years ago broke up with my fiance and now I'm living in a house with a bunch of great people. But my rent is sitting two weeks ahead of time, so I already made that plan for my rent, and then I could budget everything else from there. That's what Jack Eichel would have been. That's my rent. That's the most important thing. Money's out of the way. It's already done. All these things, all these teams have went, all right, well, we got we got our money out of the way. 
and our important stuff. Now we got to focus on everything else. They got to worry about your car payment, your credit card payment, your your cell phone, everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it the the, the ship sailed on Eichel. Like L.A. moved on. L.A. is going with um with with uh Philip Deneau was more important than Eichel. So it's a Minnesota. How did they fit him in there? We thought they couldn't fit him in anyway. So Buffalo, what are you doing? What, what are you, what are you like waiting for people to be interested in a fantastic four movie again? Like <laughs> these, these are all things you're like, Oh, well, you know, this, this is a good reason why we're not going to do this. Well, now, I mean, now it's a, now it's a lost cause, but in the beginning, Kevin Adams was just was not budging off his ask of, a return of a healthy Jack Eichel price, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't back, and he wouldn't back off of it. I mean, it. it I get. I mean, listen. Like I said, and, and he he really messed this up. But I try to. I try to look at it from his angle. He's he was probably getting offers that weren't that weren't sufficient, and he wasn't going to trade his franchise player, a guy who could be elite for something that's not going to help set him up for the future. I think he got a too good of a deal for Rasmus Ristolainen, and then he got a subpar deal for um, uh, Sam Reinhart. No offense to Devin Levy. Um, but this is – now he's, tr he's trying to hit – he's trying to hit a five-run home run. You can't. No, not anymore. No. Like you, you definitely can't. You and, can't. yes, any team that trades away the better player always loses. For the yeah, yep. For the most part, that's that's accurate. Well, like I said, now now he's in a, a situation that's I think is too far gone. He's not going to play for for a while, and teams definitely aren't going to give up anything now. Uh, it's, it's just that's that's dumb. It's it's just dumb. And you could you could it could happen. You strip him of his captaincy. Great. Now what? Now you have a disgruntled player that still hasn't had the surgery. You know, he's already disgruntled. Yeah, I mean. This is going to be a topic on on our next show. By the way, it's going to be he's got a right to be disgruntled. The best the best case for Buffalo, if everything went right, is the following: he gets his surgery of whatever kind. They finally get that out of the way. He comes back, let's say in February or, or March, plays plays really well, and the and Buffalo trades him at the draft before his no movement kicks in and gets the price of that of a an elite player if he if he shows he's at that level again. But what changes that again? Uh sorry, did you get did did he get the surgery in your opinion? No, he, has, he hasn't had anything yet. He hasn't had anything yet. So he sits out an entire year with no surgery. Well, so first he's sitting out an entire year. Is he Alexa Yashin? Is he Eric Lindros? Is he guys that could come back and still have a Hall of Fame career? After sitting out a full season in the prime of his career at 24 years old, well, that would be the. I just laid out the best case scenario. That would be the worst case scenario if he doesn't play at all. Because if he doesn't play at all, um, I don't know what team's giving up strong assets for a guy who hasn't played hockey in a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sean. My my comedy is always at my best when I'm not thinking. Um, but it's it's just uh, this has been gross mishandling the entire time, and I can't. I'm siding with the player on this. Usually, I'll side with the team. 
Like, if they would have traded him right away, uh, that would have been fine. And it's not even sour grapes. I don't even care if he's a New York Ranger. Uh, well, that's no, that's a lie. I would, I would obviously care if Jack Eichel was a New York Ranger. But the other thing is just, you know, I, I want what's best for the player. And also, I want what's best for my team. And if, if I'm a Sabres fan, how do you like this as a Sabres fan? You're just stuck in limbo. You're like waiting for your parents to get divorced and all that you're, you're doing is hearing them fight all the time. What's yeah. and I mean, I guess you, you hang you hang your hat on Darlene and Owen Power coming and <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't Grannies, know. You can play on my beer league team. Yeah. So um, I do have to ask this question, though. So Steven's saying that the, the Rangers are going to have Benjamin Moore stickers. So are they trying to dual PPG? Is that what is that what it is? Uh, the uh, whatever Pittsburgh paint arena. I forgot. I forgot what PPG stood for, but the Pittsburgh one was always the paints too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know paint could actually be that much of a, a sponsor, but I guess, <laughs> you know, then again, I'll ask my friend who's currently got painters all over his brand new house. So I guess, yeah, uh, that does work. Yeah. These were the days for Sabre fans. Yeah. That's when you had offense and uh, a budding uh, superstar goaltender named Dominic Koshik. Or hell, even even um, 2000. Thanks, Sean. Pacific Plate Glass. Even uh, 2006 with the, the run they had with Daniel Briere and Thomas Vanek. Chris Drury. Chris Drury. Finnegan. 2007, too. Yeah, they were great in 2007. Yep. Ryan Miller. They had a good team. JP right. Dumont. So, but I'm interested. I'm interested to see what um what type of sound bites and quotes maybe Eichel says tomorrow when you know they're on ice happens and you know he makes a statement while he's not playing and whatnot. I think that could be interesting if you know if he even makes one. I'm hearing uh, thuds like a Tyrannosaurus Rex walking through my house right now. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's gonna be interesting hearing all those quotes. By the way, everybody that's watching this now or later, uh, once again, we're gonna be at the game on Sunday. Uh, th- all three of us, and we still got a fourth ticket that I gotta figure out what's going on with that. Oh yeah, what's um, what's, the what's the plan for that? Um, I'll show you a message or an idea and all that because I'd love to meet up, have a couple beers, talk about it, take the train in. Uh, I know you have to take the train from Ronkonkoma. Uh, I do. And I can meet you on the Hicksville one right after that. Uh, Phil said he might drive all the way to me, and then that's it. The great thing, by the way, about these uh, afternoon um, sessions is that I can talk to Anthony about getting a light for his desk, so that way he's front lit. <laughs> Even though it's it's a very picturesque... Uh, um, yeah, well, now it looks like more of like uh, either... You're the most interesting man in the world or <laughs> or a ransom negotiation. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. But, yeah. So training camp starts today. By the way, everybody, happy training camp day. So uh, can't wait to see. Today, today was yeah. mostly um, like media type stuff, pic- you know, pictures and whatnot, physicals. Tomorrow is on ice for, for the majority of the teams. So that's definitely good stuff. 
Uh, by the way, just add your opinion to this. Uh, hopefully I can throw it on the short on either our um, uh, YouTube or Instagram channel or anything like that. But um, what are you looking for specifically this preseason? Start with the Islanders, then do the Rangers. Um, for the Islanders, I, I, they don't have the same questions as as the Rangers. Like the, the 12 forwards that everyone knows, like their lines, those are going to be those going to be the forward combinations. Um, with the Chara signing, um, it pretty much solves the question about the left shot, the left shot defense they had open. So for me, it's just about um, you know chemistry. If Trotz uh, puts Wallstrom with Barzell, or he, or he plays it safe and he puts Palmieri with Barzell and leaves Wallstrom with uh, Parise and Pajot, um, and then as far as that, just you know the kids that are pushing, like Robin Salo and. Samuel Boldick, you know, how, how much they can really put pressure, let's say on, on Andy green to take that last, that last left shot spot on the team. Um, Cause I know the Islanders are, you know, value those two guys um, a lot. So um, as far as the Rangers, the Rangers, they have much more fluid stuff. Like which rookies are going to make the team, you know, more does more Morgan Barron make the team, you know, where does Lafreniere play? Um, does Lundqvist make the playing team make the team? If so, you know, um, what role does he play? So the Rangers is a lot more moving parts. That's the type of stuff I would look out for. Does it look does it look like Kraftsoff, you know, took the next step um, with how he's playing in preseason? So for sh- more to look at with the Rangers, the Islanders, um, it's more so just continuity, you know, and how Parise Chara fit in. Okay. Yeah, because mine was uh the gallant effect seeing how this team is going to play differently because i thought in the first preseason you noticed the islanders were better under barry trotz Mm -hmm. and the other one was um and uh so kyle gallant's going to change his team we might not fully see it until the end of october after all that happened with uh uh elaine vigneault and the rangers had their worst october almost ever uh under vigneault but then um, the other one for the Islanders is just, are they better? I mean, I don't know. Even if they take a sideways step, that's, that's going to be fine. But um, I just, I, I would, I would like to see them improve a little bit more. So, I, I, don't, uh, I don't think um, as, as far as, as far as the Islanders go, when we're, when we're at the preseason game, um, it's the first one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect to see, much of their their regulars oh no no of course not but that's where you judge it looking forward through the the preseason i don't don't think we see barzell on sunday or um you know lee hasn't played obviously in a long time so i'm sure they're gonna probably bring him along a little slowly um but the range you might see being that the rangers are at home they might throw you throw the fans a bone and, and play some of you know maybe you know a couple of their regular guys because of the home team. Yeah. Okay. But so uh, guys, once again, thank you uh, very much for joining us today on, it was primarily focused on the fantasy draft, but uh, there's so much, so much more that, that was breaking today. Uh, Steven, I'll be, te- I'll be texting you in a few minutes uh, about potentially other dice to be up. Uh, now I know that you're in from the 17th to the 4th. And uh, again, we're going to be at the game on Sunday. So come around, come and join us as Anthony is slowly learning the uh, the nuances of StreamYard. 
<laughs> uh, don't worry, Phil did that yesterday. That's why I always prefer this one because it's got the big apple hockey on the top, and all. I mean, we could do those for close-ups, but yeah, it just didn't work so well when we did that that one time. All right, well, so, Mark, last question for you. Yeah, a little bit of our plan bar talk. The Rangers um, beat the Islanders on Sunday preseason game. <clears throat> oh, oh, what do you mean? Uh, do they beat the Islanders? Uh, beer? Because <laughs> I have no idea. And all preseason always means to me is my scrubs beat your scrubs. Yeah. That's all. I mean, I was regaling Philk with a story about how in 1995, first up, by the way, my brother sprung and got cable. That was nice. In 1995, uh, I watched the Islanders and their rookies. I believe it was a game-winning OT goal from Todd Bertuzzi. And who else was on the ice? None other than the Islanders' second overall pick, Wade Redden. So it's it's stuff that, you know, uh, Wade Redden never will play a game for the Islanders. But the Islanders end up trading for a, for a rookie of the year and a number one overall drafted American. <laughs> Cable, it's the newest thing sweeping the nation. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm, 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 I'm excited to see what's going to happen, uh, but it doesn't matter whatsoever. Uh, they, they could get crushed 10, 10 to two. I was at, I was at a game, a preseason game, Rangers versus, uh, Islanders. I hate that version. I, really <laughs> do. I like the landscape. <laughs> I, I was at a, a preseason, one of the first preseason games coming out of the lockout and they were trying to promote the shootout. So the Rangers lost like six to two or something like that versus the Islanders. But every game that pro that post that preseason had a shootout mm -hmm. and the Rangers won in shootout. So do the Rangers win the game or lose the game? I still don't know. Is that a tie? <laughs> it's that's what I'm happy about. No more ties. Yeah. All right. But once again, everybody, thank you very much. Thank like you. I said, Stephen, I'll call I'll text you in a few minutes. And uh let's go, Rangers. And hopefully I get to see some of you on Sunday. Let's go Islanders. Yeah, he could say that. They're playing. <laughs>